Good evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. We, today we have Troy on. How you doing, man? Hey, you know, doing pretty good for the shape I'm in here in uh, Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. Very cool. Um, so we're going to just touch you know, a little bit of your bio so people know some of the stuff you've done, some stuff you're doing, some stuff you're going to do, like a future, like a future man. Um, right. So for, for people that don't know you, um, let's talk about some of the things that you've done early on in, into the music career, you know, yeah, of course, man. Uh, you know, I think probably the uh, the most notable thing that I've done. Uh, I was I was in White Line from uh, 2005 to uh, the end of 2008. Uh, we put out a couple live albums. Um, put out a studio album called Return of the Pride. That would be the most notable thing. And and I think from that experience and that affiliation, playing with my Tramp, uh, you mm -hmm. know, touring the world and and doing those albums, uh, that allowed me to outside of also being just a nagger and just trying to get, you know, play with my heroes, uh, you know, that would be the most notable thing, but I played with guys like, you know, Bullet Boys, Gilby Clark, Janie Lane, um, played in a band called the Raskins, did the Motley Crue, Alice Cooper tour in 2014, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty much a, a blue collar uh, rock and roll mercenary drummer and um, I'm a go-getter and uh, I, I try and play nice <laughs> and, and I've yeah. had some great experiences uh, because of that. I wouldn't call it nagging. You'd say you're hustling. When you're young and you want cookies, it's nagging. Right, you're right, right. Up, you're just trying to, trying to get some work. It's hustling. <laughs> um, well, it's, a, it's a really good list of people you've been working with. Uh, let's start. So with White Lion now, how was that tour? How was the touring? Was, did the fans welcome you? Yeah, for you know sure. I mean, like, you know, ultimately, uh, so, you know, I, I toured with uh, Mike Tramp doing a solo tour in 2001 for the Capricorn album that he put out in 99. And uh, because Mike is, uh, you know, based abroad, uh, by the time he got here, it was, it was in 2001. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, when you're, you know, singer songwriter that, that travels in all these different markets, you might put together bands all around. So when White Line came together, we had an Australian guitar player. We had a bass player from Copenhagen. Uh, we ultimately ended up having a keyboard player and then uh, myself here in the States. And you know, I, I'd like to think that Mike picked his best guys, you know, from all his experiences to put together this white line because how, do you, find, how do you find you? How do you you find know, you, uh, great, great question. Um, I was uh, playing in a band in uh, LA called Dragon and we would play with these guys called Choking Ghost and John Stack, a friend of mine, great singer, songwriter, guitar player. His drummer uh, was uh, playing in a band with Jerry Best and Kenny Carade. Now, those two guys were from Freak of Nature, which was the band that Mike Tramp put together Freak after that, White yeah. Line. So when Mike was going to come to the States in 01, he obviously called Jerry and Kenny and said, hey, let's go do this. Well, the drummer couldn't do it, couldn't be gone that long. So they were putting out feelers. So the drummer said, hey, John, I don't know if you know any rock and roll drummers, but uh, I can't do this tour with this Mike Tramp guy. Do you know anybody? And John goes, yeah, dude, I know the guy. And so I, I went down, picked up uh, a CD from Jerry Best and learned three songs, played with those guys. And Jerry said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to put the stamp on you and uh, recommend you. And I said, right on. So I started talking to Mike and uh, we rehearsed twice and then we got in the van and headed down the road, you know, so that that's how I started playing with Mike Tramp. Um, it was because somebody else couldn't do it. And I was uh, able to, to do that and really changed, you know, ultimately the course of my life by playing with all these other bands because I had a taste of what that felt like. And yeah, uh, yeah. ultimately when he put together white line in 05, he, he called me up and said, Hey, I'm going to do this. Uh, you know, the other guys weren't 
there around right. Vito and Mike were not on good terms no. at the time. I think they are now. And uh, so ultimately went out as Mike Tramp's White Lion. And, and that was something I was a part of for, you know, better part of uh, four to five years. That's cool. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to get into the Mike Tramp Vito stuff either. I think I, I do think they are on good terms. I think he stated he's not doing any kind of White Lion anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I, when he when he does his yeah. solo stuff, uh, you know, he he's kind of a singer songwriter, kind of like a Brian Adams, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. So he's kind of retooled those songs to kind of fit what his solo career has been like. So you know, you're going to hear a little fighter, but it's not going to sound like you know 1987. You know what I mean? It's going to sound a little different, a little bit more mature. You know, the vocals are down a, a couple notches uh, in in register, and uh, so he's doing it his way, and I, I think he does a great job with. It. I mean, listen, people want to hear those songs. And if he's able to fit it into his mold that he is now, I, I think it's a great thing. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't ignore the past. I don't, I don't actually, I support it. And I'm, I'm really flexible in my opinion on all bands. Like if a couple band members are in it, it's still, you know, it's like a job. You still do it. You still like it. You shouldn't just start out, you know, like, you know, like you get a divorce, you get rid of the kids. You gotta, you gotta kind of work where you're comfortable. I think he should do the songs if he takes them, you know, and I think he has a, so many songs to choose from too. So that's gonna make me kind of hard if he's got the, you know, choose to take some songs out of the set because he's got to play some of the hits. That's got to be a yeah. hard too because he writes, he's very prolific. So that's going to be a, a challenge. You know, it's always, it's, it's always difficult. I mean, obviously when, uh, you know, you want the guys there that you, you bought the album cover at, uh, you know, wherever you buy your albums these days and you want those guys to be there. But, uh, you know, the other option is uh, you either get something, you know, or, or you just don't go see it or it doesn't happen. So I, I think for the fact that Mike went out, to try and uh, deliver those songs once yeah. again, you know, a decade and a half ago, I think was a good thing. And, you know, listen, people, they can choose to go see it or not go see it, but uh, I would rather have it out there. You know I mean? Listen, a lot of these bands from the eighties, there's only one or two guys left mm -hmm. to either do it or that want to do it. So, you know, I'd rather have, you know, something than nothing, you know? I, I agree. I don't think, I think, it's, you know, I think it's good. And I also don't think you just fell into the right spot. I mean, this kind of thing, like, you know, they've been talking to people, especially a lot of people right now in the genre. You're just good. You're kind. You work hard. That's the new, that's the, that's the rock and roll attitude. It's not like in the, well, bad, you just need to have like long black hair and Jack Daniels <laughs> to be in a band. You know what I mean? Now yeah, you want to you know, be a rock band. You got you to gotta be a nice person. You got to hustle and you got to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's a different time and a, a different place now. And I think uh, a lot of those guys and, uh, and, and then, you know, myself just being, sort of that mercenary guy you know it's an honor privilege and you know you got to stay humbled and uh be happy that somebody still gives a crap about you or, or these music uh, or, or the bands that you're a part mm -hmm. of you know so uh I, I don't take it for granted for sure that's really cool that's excellent so so you do a lot of session work who else have you worked with in that time when you were as you were kind of getting your step your stature up your name out there started working with a few artists yeah you know um gosh you know i i played with uh mick sueda from bullet boys we had a band yeah. called lala gag and and uh you know i just started finding my way into these bands you know as as the the go-to kind of guy um you know hey the guy's got his crap together uh doesn't smoke doesn't do drugs shows up to the airport on time you know what i mean uh yeah. those things actually become if not more important equally as important as your performance you know so mm -hmm. Uh, you know, listen, there's a lot of great drummers out there, and I, I, I certainly am not the best one out there, but, uh, but you know, being the full package, I think, is really key. So, you know, with that being said, man, it's, uh, I've been fortunate to play with a lot of my heroes, uh, you know, whether in their band that they're notable mm -hmm. for or inside projects. You know, I played with, uh, you know, Tracy Guns in a side project uh, with him. Never, nothing ever, 
nothing ever really happened with it. We demoed some songs, you know, with him and Muddy Stardust. Uh, oh, Muddy wow. was also in uh, in LA Guns. Um, you know, yeah. but uh, you know, man, I the, you know the list is sort of endless of of some of these guys. You know, uh, like I said, Janie Lane. Uh, you know, been playing with Gilby Clark for a, a decade now, and um, you know, Bang Tango. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's just I play with a lot of cats, man, and, and it's been it's been fortunate. It's been really it's awesome. Really good. It's really good. So, do you play any of the instruments besides drums, though? No, 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 no. That's it. That's it. You're uh, the only person in LA that, uh, or, or, or you know, yeah, are, are you in LA or Vegas? Las Vegas, man. Yeah, You're yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, I left there one instrument. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, you know, might uh, I'm still trying to master the drums. So, <laughs> you know, you start uh, you start mixing it in with too many other things, and uh, you know, you end up uh, being. A, what, I don't what think it's a bad thing either way. You know, what I mean, I just I've actually been more surprised to hear how many people play one instrument and they're like, oh yeah, I do that when I play on stage, but really what I play is you know these five other instruments, and you know, yeah. Like, oh, well, oh, you know, there, there's guys like Brent Fitz, you know, uh, drummer for Slash the Snake Pit. Yeah. Um, well not Slash the Snake Man, I'm sorry, Slash and the Conspirators, but, uh, you know, a lot of different bands, uh, but Brent's actually a, a, a pianist, you know, and that really is, that's his forte, like, if you ask him, you know, what his, uh, I think his, his, you know, his go-to instrument would be, although he's known as a drummer, uh, he's mm -hmm. a pianist, so there are a lot of these guys that do these other things, you know, um, there's a lot of, a lot of great drummers out there that are great at, at uh, all other instruments, I am not one of those guys, I <laughs> just... I do what I do and that's it. Excellent. So you are, you have a radio show. I do. Yeah. I've been, how did, uh, how did it come about? you know, uh, great question. Um, a, uh, a gentleman here in Las Vegas had a, a radio show on a network called uh, radio Vegas dot rocks. And they were doing some sort of uh, promotion at one of the clubs here. Uh, I should say casinos here in town. And they were doing like a buck cherry and some other bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were looking for some artists and some people to interview. And a buddy yeah. of mine said, Hey, this guy, this radio station thing, they're interviewing people. They're promoting this show. You want to come down and rap a little bit? I'm like, yeah. So we, we talked and uh, afterward he said, he goes, he goes, man, you got the gift of gab a little bit. You ever think about doing a radio show? And I'm like, man, I've been listening to talk radio for my entire life. And, uh, but no, I never, never, thought. I'm a huge fan of Howard Stern. I listened to, you know, Tom Likas back in the day, John and Ken mm -hmm. in LA, uh, Johnny B, Jonathan Brandmeier, the the uh, the loop. Um, so, anyway, short story longer. Uh, he says, "Hey, if you want to come do a radio show, spin some tunes and whatever you want to do, uh, do it." So I started that about three years ago. Uh, I'm now on a new network called Dirty Radio FM. We've got uh, two different channels. We've got Dirty Radio and Dirty Radio Classics. My show is called This That and the Other, and it's on Dirty Radio Classics uh, Wednesdays live, two to five p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and then uh, we do a Saturday replay. And we do everything, this, that, and the other. You know, we, uh, we talk about stuff like this. We have uh, guests of all walks of life, musicians, actors, news people, um, people that have been in the news, you know, uh, mm -hmm. just regular citizens for whatever reason. Uh, you know, we do some phony phone calls. We do some silly stuff. And, of course, we spin a lot of rock and roll, uh, you know, bands that I've been a part of and, and just new stuff. So I've been doing that for a better part of uh, three years. And, and most recently, it's really kind of the only thing I'm doing. It's it's allowing me a way to survive this pandemic yeah. and not really having a means to do drums because uh, we're kind of shut down everywhere. Let me uh, take a minute though. We'll go back and get into your radio thing and pick your brain on it. I've like everyone else, I've done a different music, music jobs in my life and I did some radio for a while too. Sure. So not speaking, but I did a lot of behind the scenes board work and AMFM. Now is this a radio station and online 
first question would be that. We are, yeah, we're online at dirtyradio.fm and we have an app. So it's uh, it's worldwide on, uh, you know, online uh, through your online. or through our app, yeah. I know I sometimes there's an online to go along with because, you know, say it's based out of Vegas, you know, station, and then to be online also, you know what I'm saying, it's usually a, a tie-in. Yeah. So strictly yeah. online, okay. Yeah, strictly online. So you control everything on your show? You're Everything on my show, uh, yeah, I'm responsible for the <laughs> for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Picking all your songs and stuff. Yeah, it's my that. fault. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, those guys have given me uh, free will to do whatever I want. You know, um, sometimes it's offensive. Maybe it's not good. I don't know. You know, we we try and keep it light, but we try and keep it real. You know, when I have my guest on, uh, you know, I, I call it peeling the onion or kicking the can. I I, I think there are some things that that are controversial. You know, and we'll we'll bring those things up. Uh, we'll talk to Steve Riley of LA guns about the lawsuit with Tracy guns and, and the animosity, you know, um, we'll, we'll talk to guys like Mike tramp or Bobby Blotzer from rad about lawsuits and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, we get real, you know, I, I don't ambush anybody and I don't, um, you know, it's not like uh, Jerry Springer, but uh, we, we do get real and we talk about stuff because people want to know these things. And uh, so, so we definitely don't skirt the issues uh, when it comes to who we have on the show and uh, what's going on with them. Right. I mean, there's, there's a good way to do it because it's out there that a lot of these artists will say, yeah, we'll talk about it, you know, but you also don't want to do it in a clickbait sort of way either. So it's like, do you find there's a balance of it too to, to not make it some kind of, you know what I mean? Preposterous question more like yeah, a, a, a real thing. Of course. I mean, um, you know, like I said, I, I like to keep it open and honest, but uh, it's, um, I like to be therapeutic for my guests also to, to talk about something they want to talk about. Maybe, you know, we ask the question a little differently than, the last hundred times they were, they were asked about, uh, mm. you know, the question, you know, we try and get into it a little bit. And, and instead of, you know, what's going on with, for example, a lawsuit, like, you know, how do you feel about this? This guy was your bro and you guys are friends playing the same stage together. And now you guys mm. are fighting, uh, in a, in a court of law. I mean, how, how does that make you feel? You know? So we, we kind of get into those things, you know, uh, yeah. instead of let's talk about the lawsuit and why it's happening. Let's, how do you feel about it? You know, how does this make you feel as a, as a person? I like that. I like that. You know what I mean? So we try and get into to those kind of things. I, I probably believe in asking different questions. That's kind of what I do too. So right on, right on. <laughs> I, totally, I totally get it. I totally get it. So I guess I, so at any point now, are you doing session work? Are you open for session work? Are you doing any online drum lessons or? Yeah. You know, um, not, not any online drum lessons, but uh, you know, doing some session work. I've done a couple of these uh, you know, these live stream things. I did a, a live stream with Gilby Clark for the monsters of rock cruise. Uh, we did a video for uh, Johnny thunders. Uh, we did a song called born to lose. So, you know, mm -hmm. we all did our remote versions of it. The, you know, these pandemic sort of quarantine videos that a lot of people are doing. Uh, I was asked uh, recently to do a Night Ranger song, so we're kind of putting that together. Where I'm going to track my drums and be in the video with. Oh, you don't get to be with them. Sorry. You don't. You don't get to record with the guys. Got to do it separately. It, it, yeah, it'll all be separately. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's very weird to me to do that. To you know, because uh, part of the experience is uh, you know doing something together with your musician friends, and it's just right. it's kind of. Uh, it's not really romantic going and do it by, you know, doing it by well, yourself. I know, especially it's, it's not like a regular band. Like it's not like when you're like a local band, you guys are working on your project, setting it back and forth. It's like, that's your one song with Night Ranger. You know what I mean? So some of these bands are like, how would be kind of fun to jam out with them in person, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing a, like for, for example, we're doing like a Night Ranger song. So it'll be a cover. It won't be with the guys. Oh, okay. So I, thought, I misunderstood you. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Kelly Key, I, I, you know, I, I can't, can't get rid of him. I'm working on it though, so I can take his place. But uh <laughs> 
it's, it's just one of these things, you know, you don't have anybody rooting for you in the studio. Like, dude, that was great. You know, you just kind of track it. You send your tracks to somebody, they play guitar, bass, and then you film yourself and then you put up a video on YouTube. I mean, that that's really kind of what it's come to. And it's awesome that people are still doing that. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, a very small amount of really what we desire, you know, as musicians, we want to be out there playing and interacting with people. So that ultimately is my goal. Um, I play in a band called Lost Angels, which is a sort of like an all-star-ish super group kind of thing. Um, you know, a lot of those terms are used sometimes very loosely, but uh, we got John Karabi, uh, Motley Crue, and Union, The Scream. We also have uh, Eric Dover, who was in Slash the Snake Pit, Alice okay. Cooper, as well as Ryan Roxy, Eric Brittingham from wow. Cinderella, EJ Curse, uh, bass player from Silent Right. You know, so we're all kind of intertwined. And uh, we have some dates in August uh, in the UK. Whether they're going to stick or not is to be seen. But uh, that's the next live show that I have coming up. I actually think there's a good chance, to, you know, for that in August to happen. You know, I feel like we're in a hot spot again, but I don't know. Yeah, I we have enough time like in between and the vaccine's out there. So you really, you know. Yeah, you know, um, it, it'll depend on if things start, you know, that trajectory downward, if it, if it kind of stays. So I, I think August is at that early point of when uh, that window opens. So, uh, you know, I guess between now and say June, we'll, we'll see how things go and, and uh, they'll probably make a decision whether to uh, stick with the dates or not. But uh, that's a fun band, man. You know, we play all the tunes from all the guys in the bands, you know, so we're doing Alice Cooper slash a snake pit. We're doing Cinderella songs, white lion tunes, you know, uh, when John Karabi's out there with us, uh, we're doing, you know, Motley and union, the scream. And, you know, so it, it, it's a good gig, man. It's a lot of fun. That's cool. John Karabi singing white lion. That'd be pretty good. That actually sound, that probably sound really good. That's usually Dover, that. the Eric Dover singing. Oh, that. Uh, yeah. Those, those two split the lead vocals. So John does really all the good. nitty okay. gritty, uh, you know, 70s yeah. stuff and, uh, and Dover sings, Dover's got to sing all the high shit, but <laughs> it's awesome, man. Those guys are, those guys are awesome. That's really cool. Um, Gilby Clark playing with him. Yeah. How'd that go? How did that happen? You know, I was Gilby's agent at the time back in 2009, 2010, I was working for an agency and he was on our roster and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, book band so we can mm -hmm. you know generate some some uh money and and and, yeah. and keep these guys out there and i called gilby and i said hey man you know i noticed you haven't done any shows in a while why not he's like well i don't really have a band i said well if you had a band would you do some shows he goes yeah so i said well you know what you know what what's your deal he goes well i don't know i just need some guys to play with i go well i play drums would you be you want to get together and <laughs> That's jam? Really passive about him he sent me three tunes and uh he had played with ej curse before so and ej was in a uh, touring version of white lion uh, so mm -hmm. in 2008 so i knew ej and we came down there we played these three songs it's like cool that that felt good let's book some shows so uh you know i called him out of necessity going hey man you're on a roster but we're not doing gigs yeah. what's up and he says i need a band and we put a band together and we've been doing it uh, ever since you know i i, I mean i pretty much play most of his gigs and almost 100 mm -hmm. i'm always his first phone call which i really appreciate but uh sometimes guys like uh jimmy deanda you know from bullet boys yeah. take yeah. my spot great you know fantastic drummers you know when when jimmy deanda's subbing you out it's it's like man that's pretty damn cool because jimmy's one of my favorite drummers but uh you know gilby's a solo artist he's uh gilby clark and uh he can play with whoever he wants and i appreciate that he gives me that first call and first dibs on on gigs it's just been so far and few between because of what we're all going through right now, you know? 
and I can imagine because he just had a new album come out sort of around the time of COVID too. Yeah. So he would have been yeah, the gospel touring truth. It. You know, I, yeah. I, uh, I played on a couple of those songs and he's been kind of trickling them out because, uh, you know, to release it, it might just kind of get lost yeah. in the wind, you know, so uh, he's been trickling mm-hmm. out some singles here and there. And hopefully this year it'll actually see the light of day. It's a great album. It's, it's, it's really good. Oh, I, I've heard, it's, I think I agree with you. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. It's, um, it, it's a weird market, I think, for musicians because some people are like, do we release it? We record it? Do we hold it? Yeah, you know, you've heard yeah, every school of thought, you know, Mar- March was supposed to be the date that everything was going to open up originally. That was the industry word. Remember March? Yeah. It's going to be March. And it's not going to be March. We've yeah, done it, that for a while. But it's starting to, you know, I mean, we're seeing it here in, in, in uh, Nevada, you know, and, you know, I see LA and we watch the headlines where things are starting to kind of, tr- you know, so the, so the beginnings of, uh, you know, maybe some openings will happen. Buck so, Sherry's you know, doing maybe, something too, you know, they're doing a little bit out there. Buck Sherry's doing a little bit out there. Yeah, you know, I see they're playing, uh, I saw that they're playing Florida, you know, I mean, there's, there's certain states where, you know, there's nothing going on and, uh, you know, or uh, apparently nothing going on. So these, these bands are playing and, uh, you know, listen, man, I, you know, I, without getting political and talking about all the, the chaos of the pandemic, yeah. I get it. And you know what, um, if, if you don't feel comfortable going to see a live show with, with some people there, uh, stay home. And that's, yeah. perfectly cool too but I, I i commend these bands going out there trying to deliver something to say hey let's just go out there and if people show up cool if they don't you know and and listen i think you need to be responsible anyway i mean you, you know the, these things about you know these you know these things you need to do when you go out there wash your hands and you should have been washing your hands a long time ago yeah, you know there's a lot of, there's a lot of rules that people would need, should have needed to learn during this uh exactly you know so you know there will be some good things i think the food industry is going to probably keep their mask on because that's probably not a bad thing you know uh i'm okay with that myself sometimes i've gotten people people, i'm like maybe a face mask would be good like a whole one (laughs) it's higher everything up yeah exactly you know know, you're sweating and you're i don't know what's going on man well i know and the thing is like buck tree doing is kind of good because um i imagine they're gonna really follow the protocols really good and kind of be a good leader on that because yeah. uh, I, I know jo- Josh was out there. Actually, he was actually doing testing for a while. He was helping as a volunteer testing people. Oh wow! So you know, he's know totally on his. He get all bundled up in the. You know what I mean? Because yeah, no, that's cool. That's a you great know, thing as a volunteer doing So you know, he was probably a top of the game, making sure things are going good. Sure, you know, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, you gotta be responsible and and uh, respectful of people. Like, you know, people still want to go see live bands. But, uh, you know, they're a little leery. They they think they're going to step outside and get you know the plague. And and I get it. I, um. I don't feel that way, but, but I get it. And so you want, you know, if you're going to put on live performances, uh, you got to do the protocol and make people feel confident and safe that they're going to go out there and uh, see a show and not come home sick. Nobody wants to get sick, whatever it is. So I get it. Right. Yeah. I, I get some good examples some shows doing that for some bands, showing the protocol, the bands following the protocol and you get no numbers from it. You're not like, Oh, you know what I mean? It's going to make it easier for the door to open for everybody else being like, okay, Here's the rules. Yeah. Here's what we need to do. Let's do yeah. it. Let's play. You know, I get, you know, the lockdown and for safety, whatever. I'm, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a hard call because I believe in all the safety parts, but then I feel for everybody else that can't work. I mean, of there's, there's, yeah. there's absolutely no win. Either people, it spreads and people die or people can't work and they starve or their businesses fail. I mean, it's a hot mess. There's really is no purpose. Yeah, and, so. and it's tricky, and, and, and it's not to downplay. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, people have lost relatives and loved ones to this, and they've lost loved ones and relatives to a lot of other things. You know, you step out in your car and you get hit by a bus. I mean, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> it's a risky world we live in, and uh, so anything can happen. And, and, and listen, if you are just completely freaked out by this, you have the right to feel that way. 
and live your life your way. And um, I, I don't think it's irresponsible to go out and, and start doing these things, uh, you know, in a responsible manner and, right. you know, letting people feel comfortable to go see a live gig, you know. Um, some people think it's careless. And, and you know, I, I think as humans, living life, going out in the world can be careless. It's just, but that's our nature to be out and to experience things. And uh, I just would hate to see people become hostages, you know, and, and not really, because I, I don't think that's really a way of living, uh, living in fear, you know, and you got to be, there's a lot of crap that we can happen to us that we, we just take it for granted. We go out there and we live life. And uh, if you start thinking about, well, God, if I do this or if I do that or if I do the other, this, that, and the other, um, one of these things are going to happen. And uh, that's just not a way for me personally to live. You know, I, I see that. And there are a lot more challenges than we thinks about. I, but obviously, I, I think this is just more, it's easier to get caught. I mean, if I wear a mask, I, I, I get hit by a bus, the mask is going to help me. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> I should have worn that mask, damn it. Yeah. So there is a little, it is a little easier to, to get this and it is a little more fatal for people or sure. for anybody. You know, I think the odds are increased is what it is. And, you know, let's, you know, let's come back. I want everybody to live and be happy, be healthy. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. But I also think, I, I think that with the bands are doing this, I do agree that if the bands do it right, protocol right, and it'll support both sides of it, people being safe and people getting out. Exactly. Which is, exactly. Which is really win-win, you know, and that's yeah. what we all want, really. You know? 100% so I'm, agree. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm totally hopeful that these, these protocols, these bands are doing. Sure. You know, the only concern I have is, is and, and other artists have brought this up, when you guys go out and start touring now, it'll affect you too. What's it going to break down? Is there going to be cleaning costs put onto the band? The yeah. are gonna be, you know what I'm saying? It, it could be a whole new world now. Well, you know, I, you know, I mean, one thing that's very easy to kind of figure out is that the, you know, with limited capacities, you can only sell so many tickets, you know, so guarantees right. are going to go down, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a band, uh, you know, whatever band I'm in, whether it's Gilby or Lost Angels or whatever I'm doing, uh, you know, these, these, the flights haven't gone down, the hotels and the travel yeah. expense haven't gone, none of those things go down. Um, but the guarantees are going to go down. So now that means, you know, Hey man, are you willing to go out for three weeks and make half the money you made last year? Yeah. And, you know, so it's a matter of going, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go out, well, you know, and also with the risk, you know, so now we have this new risk to go out there and make half the money. And listen, if you have a venue that holds 500 people and you can sell 200 tickets, you know, if one of those dudes in there are, are sick, what, you know what I mean? It, who knows yeah. if you, you know, if you happen to be, you know, get a little loose at the end of the night, you're at the bar, you're well, loading out somebody. Yeah, it's, it's you don't know who who the yeah who right. who's going to give it to you. So you know, I mean, there are these there just are these uh, opportunities where you know things. And listen, it's it's not even you know this COVID nineteen. It's you know getting the flu or whatever's out there that people you know can transmit. Uh, nobody wants to get sick ever. So yeah, I, I get it, man. It's uh, it's 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 a little uh, you know like for example, if I have to go and get. A, a vaccine to go to the UK, I'm going to think about that first. That's going to be something that's going to weigh on me. You know, uh, maybe I'll, I'll hold off on traveling until I know a little bit more about these vaccines. So, you know, that that's something as well. You know, I don't mind taking a test and testing negative within 72 hours, but am I going to go get stuck? Uh, I'm not quite sure yet. You know, so these artists that are traveling and doing these things have to think about um, what the restrictions are going to be and if they're willing to do that. And, you know, myself, I'm going to think about these things before I, I do that. I can see that. Yeah, I was just bringing up the point that I think a lot of challenges that the, the artists, whether no matter where they stand on it, it's going to be added on top of it because no one thinks of all the challenges. The band comes in, it's all rock and roll. 
You know, they don't think about the cost. I've always bring sure. this up to the cost of shirts, how much it really costs for shirt, why it costs so much, yeah, how that yeah. really helps the band and on so many levels that they don't even realize it's, you know, sometimes that's the, the income, you know, you make the shirt, the cost to make the shirt, it costs, then you go in there, then, then they, they, they charge you at the club for the shirt. So, I mean, there's like so many levels of different things depending on what you're going that people don't think about. So I'm just kind of like throwing that out there that people think, oh, now they're going to have on top of that more, more hands in the pie. Yeah. It's literally. And the, and the pie harder. got. And the pie got smaller, you know what I mean? So um, yeah. it, it's going to be and very tricky for bands to get out there. But I, I think, um, you know, my spell, myself personally, uh, would I go out there and take a pay cut to do it? Absolutely. You know, if it's the right well, band. making anything right now, especially, you know, yeah, making nothing. Half yeah, of it's you know, a percentage, of, a percentage of something is better than 100% of nothing. And, and you know, ultimately when we're playing in our garages, uh, annoying our neighbors, playing drums, uh, you know, we didn't do it for the money and the girls. We did, we did it because we love rock and roll, you know. Um, but ultimately when it becomes your living, you have to, you know, start to think about that. You know, I mean, think about the restaurants that are still staying in business, knowing that they can only sell so many hamburgers because there's only so many people that will show up. That's what they do. They want, they love selling food and making people happy. So they're going to sell what they can. So if I have to go out there and make a, you know, a few bucks less than uh, what I made before, uh, you know, I'm willing to consider that for sure. Well, I, I think whatever it's going to be, is going to be temporary. I think just once we get past it and they get it. So it's, I think the first year, I think it's going to be crazy because like every band now is probably going to have, they better have their best album coming out because right. they've had time to write some really good songs. There's right. really no excuse right. about that. Exactly. But there's going to be a lot of bands that are going to want to tour all once. So it's going to be, and now the clubs are going to be starving too. So they're going to be in this weird spot where they really need the money and they're going to be in a power position because how many bands are going to want to play out right now? Before yeah. it was a little more staggered. So sure. I'm hoping that you know, the clubs are going to be more flexible with the artists. Not, you know what I'm saying? I hope nobody takes advantage of each situation. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, no, no, no. It, it's definitely very tricky, uh, you know, to navigate, tricky waters to navigate. And, uh, you know, but I, I think uh, ultimately it'll, it'll work itself out, I hope. Uh, you know, bands will stagger their stuff so people can come out, you know, and, and, and enjoy stuff uh, at a safe it's, it's, it's really an ecosystem, all of them the clubs and the bands, everyone kind of works together. So, yeah, you know, if you start cutting yourself off with the bands, you have no bands. I don't know how much food you're going to sell if it's a venue made for live music, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's always going to be a club or something for a band, so they have a better shot. So It's it's a tough business, man. It's certainly not the, you know, when when kids ask me, you know, what would your advice be? be, (laughs) You know, I mean, unless you love really doing it, you know, don't get into the business. It's a tough business, whether you're a band or a venue, you know. Um, those are very tough spots to be right now. Uh, musicians are not making money and venues are not making money. And uh, I, I feel terrible for, for all of those people. Yeah. That. Excellent. So, well, we know where you're at with a lot of things, kind of a, a holding pattern, but you got your show. We're going to put that up underneath uh, under this so people can go to see your show. So everyone go check yeah, out the show, on. listen to it, become a fan. I like your jive, your jib. They say. Yeah, right on, right, right on. I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, it's been therapeutic to be able to do that and to interact, play new music, talk about news, talk about silly stuff. You know, the uh, you know p- things like the gorilla glue girl. You know, putting gorilla glue in her hair and wondering why. You know, <laughs> it's not yeah. washing out. You know, stuff like that. We talk about stuff that we hear uh, every day, and uh, you know, I, I try and talk about what I think people are thinking about because I think about it. I'm a pretty simple guy, you know. Uh, and then having great guests on, uh, you know, different people from all walks of life. It's it, it's really a good time. It's been a great opportunity to at least uh, try and hone in on that radio show thing because I, I enjoy it. I really do. Do you do it from home? 
I do from home. Yeah. Right in my home studio. Um, used to have a, a station when I was at the other place used to go into, and then I started getting the, I got the board and the microphone and the ears and, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's certainly a comfortable, uh, atmosphere, you know, being at home, it's, it's, it's cool, but there's something to be said about, you know, when you're driving to the studio and you get there, you know, when you, when you're going to your job, you, when you leave, you go somewhere else, you, you know, yeah. You know, for example, you know, a lot of people are wearing, you know, sweatpants and shorts and stuff. You know, I put on jeans. Uh, you know, I, I take a shower before I do my radio show. I put on jeans because I feel like I have to transform into work mode. So, you know, even though I'm at yeah. home, nobody's here. Uh, I uh, I put on jeans and, and I try and get into that mode that because otherwise I think you become complacent and lazy. And it's uh, it, it's it's easy to do these days. So uh, I, yeah, I try and do something that's different than what I'm no, doing normally. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, yeah, man, thanks. It's, it's, it's been fun and interesting, and uh, I'll, I'm going to check out your show, too, and I uh, hope everyone else does it, too. Yeah, man, uh, DirtyRadio.fm on uh, Dirty Radio Classics, our Dirty Radio Classics channel. This and the other radio show, Wednesdays, live 2 to 5, and you can also find out everything. Uh, not much going on now, but things are on the horizon at uh, DrummerTroy.com.